When I lived in Rhode Island, one of the things that I discovered there, and for all I know, it may not be this way anymore. They may have changed their plan, but if you're driving down a main avenue and you saw the street signs that were there, they would mark the name of the intersecting street, but not the name of the street you were on. I figured it was a cost-saving measure for some reason. And of course, when I lived in Rhode Island, we didn't have like the GPS on our phones. And so there were plenty of times when I would get lost and I'd want to know where I am. And I could see the cross street, but I had no idea what street I was on. It was, it was disorienting. In a moment, we're going to read from Luke 10. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to turn to Luke 10. If you're looking through the Gospel of Luke and you look in Luke 9, you'll see the story of Jesus empowering his disciples to go out and announce that the kingdom of God is at hand. And he sends them out with very specific instructions about how to tell people that the kingdom of God is at hand. And they come back and they report and there's some interplay there. And when you get to Luke 10, it sort of feels like sending folks on the mission part two but it's a little different crowd. This is the Gospel of Luke 10, starting at the beginning. I'd invite you to stand for the reading of the Gospel. Luke 10, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The first message that these people are to proclaim, the handful selected disciples, is peace. That's their first word. Wherever they go, the first word out of their mouth is supposed to be peace. They were then to go in, heal the sick, and pronounce the coming of the kingdom. Notice that even if they're rejected in a town, the message doesn't change. They go to the center of town, they wipe the dust of the town off their feet to demonstrate that they are leaving and taking nothing with them, and then they are to announce the kingdom of God is near. Everything else that's said in the passage past that point is really for the disciples' ears only. The disciples aren't instructed to pronounce any judgment. They simply declare the truth that the kingdom of God is near and at hand. They are signposts pointing to the kingdom of God and its coming. 
what was the chronology here? Jesus sends these, off, these folks off two by two to the places that he is going. So they're announcing that Jesus is on his way, that he's coming, and that because Jesus is coming, the kingdom of God is coming near. I don't know about you, but I've always wondered, where did these 72 folks come from? I mean, I sort of picture, I don't know how you picture when you read the Gospels, I sort of picture like Jesus and his 12 disciples sort of walking around together, and occasionally they would draw a crowd on a hillside or someplace, and Jesus would teach the mob, and, and then they'd be back to the, the 12 plus one of them going somewhere. But clearly, he's got 72 people he can send out on a moment's notice. And he does so here. It occurs to me that we have a labor pool of about the same size. But we do need additional folks for additional tasks. We're instructed, as they are instructed, to pray for laborers, people who will join us on this mission. And I'm wondering, where do we get them? Where do we get these additional people? The mission is to point people to God. The mission is to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. The mission is to say that Jesus is coming and to show people what it looks like to trust Jesus, to walk in his ways, to love others the way we're instructed to do so. If we don't demonstrate what it looks like to follow Jesus, then we're false representatives of the mission of Christ. What we need are folks who will accurately point people to Jesus Christ. You know, this street sign does its job perfectly well, assuming that this is Main Street and this is Center Street, right? There's no ambiguity here. You look at this, you know where you are. You know you're at the intersection of Main Street and Center Street. And for most of you who live in this area, when I say the intersection of Main Street and Center Street, you already have a picture of what that intersection looks like downtown because it accurately denotes a place in our geography. Not all of our street signs represent so well exactly the point that they're trying to represent because there are other street signs that have fallen into disrepair. And there may be some indication, well, they're not completely useless, they, they do have other functions, but this wasn't what the street sign was designed for. It was to mark a particular pace. And, oh, my back is sore. And if it says Main Street on the ground, but you don't know where it's oriented, it doesn't really help you a lot because you're certainly not seeing that when you're driving by in the car. And this, this is somewhat ambiguous. I mean, which, which way really is Center Street? You don't have confidence in a sign like this, do you? You look at that and you say, well, maybe, well probably one of these two streets is Center Street, but which one it is, I don't know. It's a sign pointing to something. My fear is that too often in the church, we are busy and active, 
but not necessarily active about the right things. We call a, an event, we create an evangelism event and no non-Christians arrive, but we have a good time of fellowship so we pronounce it a success. But evangelism events are only successful if evangelizing happens, if people really are drawn to Christ. We actually can talk about the mission of Christ because we're supposed to be engaged in a particular mission. We were, we were sent, like these 72, to pronounce peace and to point people, to guide them, to direct them to a particular thing, the coming of the kingdom of God. And if the signposts are ambiguous, either because our lives don't really reflect what God would want to do in our lives because we're out of step or whatever, or we're just about all kinds of other things and we're distracted, then this is a problem for us. No one finds Jesus. No one finds their way on a signpost like that. And, and this is the problem. There are other signposts that are broken and destroyed and don't point to anything at all. In terms of their usefulness to the kingdom of God, not useful at all, not helpful. But Jesus loves all of us and not just us inside this wall, us outside these walls, and those whose lives are broken and battered and destroyed. And, and the role of the church is not just to pray for workers to be sent in the harvest, like could we get a few workers from New River Church to come join us or a few workers from the Church of the Living God to come join us. That's not what the passage is about. It's not about borrowing workers from someone else so that we can do the job here. The prayer is about finding the broken and the lost and providing the tender loving care that allows them to be restored to the kingdom and then nurtured to grow in the kingdom and to be cared for in the kingdom so that this signpost can look like that signpost again. Because what we're hoping for is lots of signposts in good order that at the top of them say Jesus. Right? That's what, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're looking for. Many churches have forgotten the primary mission. They do stuff together. They hang out together. But the reason we invest in the fellowship here is because we are a rescue team together. We have to work together to provide the rescue. If we can't work together on a common mission to restore the broken, to bring the lost to Christ, then we won't function as God's ambassadors. Knitting together this fellowship is step one on the mission, but it's for a purpose. Our purpose isn't just to create a fellowship, it's to pray that the Lord of the harvest will send us folks that can be restored and renewed so that they can also be signposts leading folks to Jesus. In the year ahead, 
we know we have the job of re-knitting the fellowship after COVID. We need to make plans to be useful for the sake of the kingdom. And making plans to be useful for the sake of the kingdom will require us to take our activities outside the walls of this building and figure out how to address the needs that are around us. To proclaim that Jesus Christ is on the move, that he wants to visit all the areas of our town. You and I, we are his advance agents. We are the signposts everywhere that point people to Jesus. So the question we have to pray about and we have to ask ourselves about is, how will you and I reach out to heal the wounds that exist? How, how are we going to do that? How are we going to embrace the broken and the lost and the hurting? Jesus, Jesus sent out 72 agents of healing. How might, how might we step into their footprint? In the year ahead, as we rebuild and make plans to move out into the community, I'm selecting Luke 10:2 as a theme verse for us. Just a portion of what we read. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I want, you, I want to invite you to join me in that prayer again and again in the year that is ahead. I want us to be focused on the mission. I want us to point people to Jesus, not just individually, but as a fellowship together. We must embrace this mission if we are going to be useful in the kingdom of God. You've probably guessed at some point that this is something of an annual sermon. Usually once each year I talk about the direction of the church, where I think we need to go, and as a part of that, there are also some thank yous I want to mention this morning. You know that an operation like this always happens with the cooperation of many, many people. So I'm gonna say thank you this morning to our leaders. I'm gonna say thank you to our church board members and our department head leaders. Rotating off the board this year after serving their term plus a few extra years is Mark Davis and George Agnayan. Thank you all for serving with distinction. The, church, the, the Cornerstone Christian School Board also worked diligently this year, and I'm grateful for all the work that was accomplished. Mrs. Tanya Snyder continues to lead our school with excellence and spirit-enabled graciousness. We couldn't ask for a better leader. While we were devastated to have the lights leave us, it is good to know that they are thriving in the place to which God has led them. And we are delighted to welcome new staff members, Chima and Julia Azebo. We anticipate great days ahead with them. This year, we added Rick Pisani to our team as the facilities coordinator, along with the faithful assistance of Bob Rulovich, Mark Davis, Pat Kane, and a whole bunch of others. We've made progress in areas of deferred maintenance and keeping the facility in good order. And I especially thank you for your work. Sunday School returned under the organizational umbrella of Bob Cornell, supported by a team of parents and workers. We're grateful to each of these, and we especially enjoyed hearing our children sing at Christmas. 
the new Wednesday program designed to help us knit the fellowship together seems to be working well. Though we will take time off for the summer, we will start again in September, and we will need a team of laborers if we're going to accomplish the mission. And this Wednesday night fellowship program is one way to make that happen. Let me pause for one special recognition this morning. Most every year we take a moment to recognize one of our senior citizens who does a great job of modeling the life of Christ. These are folks of whom we say to our teens and young folks, imitate them as they imitate Christ. We're not saying that they're perfect, but they are doing their best day by day to live after the example of Jesus for many years. This year I want to award two Vessel of Honor awards. One goes to a gentleman who is not here today and is something out of the standard mold of this award. Pastor Dave Mullen has been a faithful supporter of both Cornerstone and MCN for many years. His church financially supports Cornerstone Christian School and he provides a monthly prayer meeting for all area pastors to keep us headed in the right direction together. He announced his retirement a few weeks ago and I thought it fitting to recognize his work in the, for the kingdom of God in our area over the last 40 years and to say thank you for his partnership with us across the years. The second individual I want to recognize for her godly walk and name as a vessel of honor in our church is Sally Gidman. And I'm going to invite Sally to come forward at this time. She's crying already. So dear Sally, as you know, if you know Sally, to know Sally is to love Sally, right? And she works hard day in and day out to follow Jesus as best she can. She and I had a great discussion about the book that we read for Lent this year together and, and just what it means to continue to press forward to serve God. Christ. And so we're honored to name Sally a vessel of honor in the house of the Lord. And I'm going to invite her to pick one of these vessels on the stage behind her and uh, invite you to give her your congratulations once again. You, Sally, one of these three. Do you have a preference? There are many others who deserve recognition and thanks. Forgive me for not mentioning every member of the worship team, the sound crew, the media workers, the meal preparers, the coffee brewers, the funeral meal preparers, the offering counters, the nursery workers, and the list goes on and on. And as long as that list is, we still must pray for more workers. We still must pray for more workers. Not so much to care for the inner working of the church, but to announce that the kingdom of God is at hand, that it is near, that it is available to us, and that together we must bear the mission of the coming of the kingdom of God. That's what we're about. And if we miss that thing, we've missed it all. 
I mean, you and I understand because we have been saved by the gracious action of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. His blood has cleansed us. We have new life. And that very fact that we've had the privilege of entering this new life gives us incredible joy and confidence for the future. And why on earth would we think that that was just for us? It's for every person. Christ died for all because he's not willing that any should perish. And we must announce that by our lives, by our fellowship, and by our organization. And that's why we must pray for additional workers for the harvest. The task of working together with the Father is to take broken down signs, broken down lives that are without direction, and see them made new by the power of the grace of Jesus Christ. We must be those folks who do that work. Refitting those folks for work in the kingdom is our task. And we must embrace it. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, it is easy for us to become distracted. In many ways, it feels like we've been a little distracted for the last two years. And we acknowledge that that cannot continue. That we need a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit to get us oriented in the right direction. To get our attention off peripheral matters. And to keep our eyesight firmly fixed on the things that have eternal value. We ask, Lord Jesus, put a burden on our hearts for the lost that we would sense the pain of those around us who do not have relationship with Christ and that we would be witnesses to your grace and to the availability of the kingdom of God. I pray that in the year ahead, Lord Jesus, you would allow us to see many new folks accept you as Savior, that you would use us to bring the kingdom, that you would give us the blessing of being midwives to new Christians. Send your workers to us, Lord Jesus, in whatever condition. Enable us to cooperate with the work of your spirit that men and women and teens and children may know the joy of new life in Jesus Christ. For we pray this in your precious name, Lord Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and sing with me. Let it be said of us as we close our service this morning. Let it be said of us that the Lord was our passion that with gladness we bore every cross we were given that we fought the good fight that we finished the course knowing within us the power of the risen Lord let the cross be our glory and the Lord be our song.
by mercy made holy, by the Spirit made strong. Let the cross be our glory, and the Lord be our song, till the likeness of Jesus be through us made known. Let the cross be said of us we were marked by forgiveness we were known by our love and delighted in meekness we were ruled by his peace eating unity's gold joined as one body Christ would be seen by all. Let the cross be our glory, and the Lord be our song. By mercy made holy, by the Spirit made strong. Let the cross be our glory, and the Lord be our song. Of Jesus be through us made known. Let the cross be our glory and the Lord be our song. And now may the glory of God reflect on your faces so that you may be useful signposts pointing all to the kingdom of God, to his glory now and forever. Amen.